The Calgary Flames woke up feeling not quite like themselves today, and we're going to talk about why. Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked on Flames. As always, I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, joined by my Tuesday partner in crime, Nick Zararis. Nick, how are you doing? Uh, I spend a lot of my morning shoveling and using a snowblower, so other than that, not too bad. Yes, we love a good New York winter. Um, Well, I think downstate could actually use some winter for once. So... (laughs) um, I guess, you know, things are kind of trending in the right direction in terms of climate. But what about the climate of the flames? It's very weird because I woke up with under the assumption that if they today, I'm saying I woke up under the assumption that if they did anything, it would be small. They've been linked to a few people. Mm-hmm. They've been linked to Shen. They've been linked to Besser. They've been linked to Garland. They've been linked to a few people in the last hour. They've been linked to Colton Pareko because the Blues are trying to move that contract. So. The Flames are kind of in this weird in-between where the power dynamics that we talked about a few weeks ago of not knowing who the GM is going to be next year really makes this time of year complicated because if Brad decides, I'm not going to be here anyway, let's see what happens, what I can go out there and get, then whoever comes in in the summer has to figure out how to build going forward. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of looming over all of this. If the Flames don't know who's going to be making their decisions during the summer, it's kind of complicated to make decisions right now because the decisions you make now, like, for example, you add Pareko and his six-something million per year, you got to figure out a way to balance that because somebody else is going to have to go out. In the last hour, the Flames put Oliver Chillington on long-term injured reserve. They'll get a little bit of cap relief there. That's why some people have immediately gone, oh, the Blues are shopping for Aiko. The Flames just made a move to make space available. Let's all take a deep breath. Everybody is speculating right now. Not a lot of the flames have not been in a lot of the gossip for the last week. They've been no. kind of lurking in the the background because the Eastern Conference is having an arms race right now. Yeah, no, definitely. And I feel like every time an Eastern Conference team kind of makes a move, it's just like, oh my God, they're getting Patrick Kane. And then, no offense. To the Western Conference. Ivan Barbashev doesn't move the needle for you? No, not in 2023. Uh, but it's just kind of like there's no true um there's like don't buy into anything right now. Um, and I feel like it goes without saying, especially this time of year, but now that you can pay for verification, it is a lot easier to get duped. Yeah. Um, so just make sure you're careful because I saw, uh, that Pugliarvi trade this morning and I had to like actually make sure, yes. um, just because he's been kind of thrown in the mix, uh, really since the off season. So, um, but yeah, no, I don't think the flames are going to do anything drastic. I think that, you know, I talked about Brad tree living, throwing a hail Mary and kind of being like. I've done everything I can do to save my job. What about this one last ditch effort here? Um, but I, I don't. I don't know what they could do. I just don't. Um, it's not something that I necessarily have a lot of hope in. 
the problem for the Flames is nobody they add is going to make that dramatic of an impact that it's going to be on the people who are already on the team playing better. That's right. really the only way this changes drastically for the Flames. There's nobody out there that's going to be able to carry a team. There's nobody out there that is going to dramatically improve whoever, whoever they're playing with. They can add some decent pieces. There are useful players available out there right now, but there's nobody out there that's going to take the Flames from this bubble team that's looking like the first team out to third in the division and granted they're only four points back of Edmonton they've got the big games with the wild coming up there's yeah. plenty of the there's plenty of time here for the math to work in their favor but based on how everything's gone the last couple days and weeks there's not a lot of confidence and it, it as an executive you got to be able to take a step back and say well maybe we shouldn't do this well maybe we shouldn't go out and give up draft picks when we might need to use these draft picks later to either replenish our team or to acquire somebody who might be on the team for an extended period of time. Most of the guys you're going to see move during this window uh, leading up to the deadline are expiring contracts. Yeah. Guys that if they stay with the current organization, they're going to leave in free agency in the summer and their team won't get anything for them. That's why the Rangers are getting Patrick Kane. He only wants to go to the Rangers and the Rangers are not giving up anything of note for him. That's not the case for some of these guys. There are guys out there like Pareko, like Chikrin, who have multiple years of team control left, so they're inherently more valuable if you can control them. Same thing with Timo Meyer. If Timo Meyer was an unrestricted free agent this summer, he would have gotten fewer assets. But because the Devils are going to own his restricted free agent rights this summer, they're going to mm -hmm. be able to try and work out a contract long-term ahead of the offseason. It changes the calculus of how much things cost. Yeah, and you know, I think it comes back to, like you said, the executives taking off those rose-colored glasses and looking at things realistically, it doesn't matter, you know, sure, you know, if you're in a win now situation, then of course, and if you're a true contender, then yeah, you know, you can look at things very differently than uh, the current Flames organization can. Right now, your top goal scorer has 25 goals. At this point in the season, you should be seeing a little at bit more 30. than that. At least 30. Uh, yeah, a little bit more than that, you know, uh, I'm not going to sit here and say you should be Connor McDavid with 50, but you would like to see More. closer to 30, maybe mid thirties even. And it's just, it's not, um, and that's not a dog on Tyler Toffoli. No. I love Tyler Toffoli more than anything, but like, it's just, this offense needs something, and it's clear that the Flames need a third-pairing defenseman as well. They need, they need that extra body, and I don't know what I don't know who they would want to move. This is where it gets complicated because you don't have the clarity of who's making the decisions here. Because yep. if it does, if this is a conversation of Daryl just sitting down with Brad and saying we need this stuff, and mm -hmm okay, I'll go, I'll go get this stuff, but there's no guarantee that it's going to work or that I'm going to be here beyond this year. And that's where you get into a real difficult situation of, well, if the coach is only worried about right now, trying to win the next game, and they go out and add just a bottom pair defenseman and another top nine forward, and they give up assets. Nothing of no, You're not going to give up anything crazy for Luke Shen. You're not. He Maybe a second-round pick, maybe a B ish prospect you're not gonna give up a ton for a for a sixth defenseman you're not no. but again 
if you're not going to deal with the consequences of that later, you are going to eventually run yourself dry. You are going to run out of assets, continuing to throw stuff at the wall, trying to get it to stick, and to just make the playoffs. Because we can all be kind of honest. Yes, the Western Conference is wide open. There is not a single thing through 57, 58 games the Flames have played to indicate that this team is capable of winning four out of seven against a good team. They're just, no. They've been too inconsistent. They haven't won three games in a row since the start of the season. Yeah, no, and uh, that is quite disappointing. They haven't won two in a row since December, yeah. which I think is even worse because, you know, I feel like it takes a lot less effort to win two in a row than, yes. you know, three. But... um it's absolutely concerning there. But coming up next, we're going to continue to see uh, or talk about what Brad Tree Living could be cooking with. And uh, before we do that, I do want to talk to you about Built Bar. Built Bar is a delicious tasting protein bar that uh, is high in fiber, high in protein, obviously, and low in carbs and calories. And it is dipped in 100% real chocolate. And it's not like those other protein bars that you've probably had that taste like sandpaper. You can actually enjoy this protein bar on your way to the gym or on your way uh, to school, to work, or just while you're at your desk. And uh, fill up your personal gas tank with a delicious tasting protein bar in flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. Nick, I don't... You haven't been here for the built bar bracket of March no. Madness and our work group chat gets a gets a little competitive and it's very fun uh it's I'm sure I'll tell y'all more about it next week but uh you can head on over to uh, built.com to place your order if you are in Canada or if you're in the U.S. and you are near a Walmart or a Sam's Club you can walk right over to the pharmacy section and pick up a box of Cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. So you're in good hands with uh, Built Bar. And um, we, we do love a good protein bar, especially one that tastes like a candy bar. And thank you, everyone, for hanging out with us today as the trade deadline inches nearer. Um, we don't know, like we said, what the Flames are doing. We, we don't know. The Flames don't know what they're doing. Yeah, no, they don't. I think... You know, we're kind of back in the situation that they were in a few years ago where they're shaking a magic eight ball and asking for answers. And that is not the position you want to be in. You want to wake up and feel dangerous. You want to go out there and go after something. You want to have a clear, defined goal. They don't have one. You saw it last year. The Flames were a good team. They identified, okay, we need one more goal scorer. And they mm -hmm. traded for Tyler Toffoli a month early. Yeah, they still went out and added Kel Yarncroc, and they added one other. They added a backup goalie. But other than that, I mean, right now it's very different because they have a top nine that's more or less established, a fourth line that's more or less established. The only thing they don't have is a sixth defenseman, and mm -hmm. that's not going to improve your team enough to change the results. A sixth defenseman, even if they kill penalties, is only going to play about 
15, 16 minutes a game, and they're not going to be playing in the highest of leverage situations because your better players are going to be playing in those situations. So when you're worried about the margins, your fourth line, your third pair, you have bigger problems. You, the guys who are playing the significant portions of the game, the forwards who are going to play close to 20 minutes, the defensemen who play over 20 minutes, when those guys are responsible for a good two-thirds, three-fourths of the game, and you're still not really thriving in that two-thirds, two-fourths of the game, that's where you have a real fundamental issue of, well, does changing what's on the margins really even make that much of a difference? No, it doesn't. Because right now, the Flames are have underperformed all year, and it sucks, but it's the reality of the situation. And it you it's why you have to be honest in these assessments, because if you go out and you add stuff and you give away stuff from the future, that makes the future more complicated. There is a world in which they go out and get their stuff. Brad's contract isn't renewed. Daryl does both, or Daryl moves upstairs, and they continue using these assets to get the team better right now because Daryl, you know, has been in the game this long. He's not going to waste a season or two waiting for younger guys to develop. If they were, that would have been this would have been the season for it. When you realized in mid-December, hey, we're not as good as we thought we'd be, but we have a few spots in our lineup here. Let's get Peltier in here earlier. Let's get Matthew Phillips in here. They could have had Valamaki still trying in that sixth defenseman yeah. spot, but and he's been very good in Arizona this season. It's a real conundrum of what to do, and there's no clear-cut answer. I mean, I woke up this morning and I read a report from one of the insiders on talk radio saying that the Flames were going to be open to doing moves that they might not have considered because of how this season has gone. And immediately people went in the other direction of saying, well, maybe this means they trade somebody with two years of team control left. They have a significant number of guys with this season and next season of team control in Backlund, mm -hmm. Lindholm, Toffoli, Hannafin, and Tanev. That, though, you could fundamentally restart the entire organization with those five guys, use all the assets you get back, and start building this group back up from the ground floor. You still have your cornerstone pieces that you've invested a lot of money in, in Uyghur, in Kadri, in Huberto, and you reassess it down the line. We talked about this a few weeks ago, that the Flames aren't going to be fundamentally be able to re-alter their roster right now and still be good. If you want to re-alter the roster because of who is under control for an extended period of time, it's going to take a while to reset the roster around those expensive guys because of the way it's constructed. They're pretty close to the ceiling. They had to put Chillington on long-term injured reserve because we're all operating under the assumption that they are going to get somebody that's going to need that cap space. Yeah, and that's an extra couple million bucks right there. And I think yeah. that it's just, again, it's one of those situations where you have to think about the long-term. And it's it's hard to sit back and say okay like I can make these decisions because I know I'm in charge for another two three years so like I have my vision as a general manager and what I want but you don't know if you're gonna have a job in three or four months so you have to kind of play it safe but at the same time like you're fighting for your job and I I wouldn't be surprised it you know if the flames do move someone who has um you know, multiple years of team control, especially someone like a Noah Hannafin or a Lindholm that are going to want to Good be money. paid. They're And they've rightfully earned yeah. that money that they're going to get paid. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, apparently Uyghur has popped up a few times. People I don't have know. Asked, from, what I, from what I've read, the teams have asked the Flames, would you be open to trading him? 
I just, I feel like it's silly. I feel like the Flames are just going to do whatever it, it takes. But it's not whatever it takes to get to the postseason. It's whatever it takes to kind of save our butt and kind of pause the skid a little bit. You're trying to carterize the wound. They've been very meh all season, and it feels like this is, the like you said, the Hail Mary attempt to get them into the playoffs and say, well, we made the playoffs. We did our job. And then once we got in, if you lose in six or seven in the first round to Colorado or Winnipeg, because one of those teams will probably end up being the one seed, even though Colorado's still pretty far down in the Central Division. But you're going to play a good team in the first round because you're going to be one of the wild cards. That's the way this format is set up. Just making the playoffs was not the goal coming into this year. The Flames had legitimate Stanley Cup aspirations and to be struggling to make the playoffs in a very bad Western Conference, mind you. It's very bad. bad Western Conference. 74 points in the Eastern Conference is a wild card spot. You would be in first place in the entire Western Conference with 74 points in the standings right now, based on what was happening, based on last night. I don't know if that changed during the course of last night, but before the games that start, were played last night, you would be in first place in the Western Conference at 74 points. Like, I think the Islanders had 74 points going in the last night. Oh, they had 69 points. The Rangers had 77 points, yeah. With 77 points, the Rangers would be in first place in the Western Conference right now. Well, I'm glad that the Rangers aren't in the Western Conference because then the Flames would probably have to play them if they take a wild card spot. But no, in all seriousness, I don't know what what the Flames are doing because they don't know. There's nothing, you know, that's kind of like... They're not leaving, like, little hints for the bloodhounds to kind of trace and, you know, oh, this insider's hearing this and this one's hearing that and, oh, well, what if we do this and, oh, well, you know, Toffoli's drawing interest from this team and, you know, they'll give us this. They're, we aren't hearing any of that because I, number one, I don't think it's, we're, well, we're not dealing with Lou Lamorello. We know that. But... I just, I don't think that the Flames are. I don't think the Flames have decided yet. That's yeah. the thing. I really don't it's think. Tuesday. You have the deadline. Like it's Friday. Days. Yeah, it's Friday at four o'clock. They are. I think the problem for the Flames is everything they wanted to do this season hasn't worked out. Everything they did to set up this team to be good, which on mm-hmm. paper, this team should be pretty good. Nothing has gone to plan, which no. fundamentally alters how your plan go is, is going to work out. I imagine they thought that by this time they'd be second or third place, maybe first place in the Pacific Division, and looking for one piece to put them over the top for a long playoff run, yeah. kind of like adding to Foley last year. Instead, they are looking for anything to stop gap to kind of yeah, the flames right now are a table with four legs, but the one leg is a little wobbly. So you got to stick like a coaster underneath it to yeah. keep it standing upright. That's what the flames are looking for right now. And trying yeah. to add a Luke Shen or a Connor Garland or whoever, whomever else, because there's nobody out there that's going to make the guys on the team already play better, which has been the issue all year. No, and um, I actually just talked with Ian from Locked On Bruins, and he was saying that uh, Bruce Cassidy had a very interesting quote, and I think it applies here as well. Uh, In his exit press conference when he was fired from uh, the Bruins, uh, he said, you know, I can only cook with the ingredients that are in the cart. And right now, it's not about the ingredients in the cart. It's about the chef. Yeah, 
I think that's a fair assessment based on how things have gone. Uh, it, it, when you have guys, when everybody is underperforming, that speaks to preparation, mindset, morale, that kind of stuff. If it's only one or two guys, okay, maybe you just got to change who they're playing with and that'll spark them to get them going. But the way the Flames have underperformed this year would indicate what you're saying, that it, it is on the way the team is preparing, how the leadership is organizing the team. And when I say leadership, I mean the coaching staff. Yeah, and uh, coming up next, we're going to wrap up with some more predictions and just kind of analyzing what the Flames aren't doing because they don't even know what they're doing. But before we do that, I do want to tell you about our uh, friends at um, Athletic Greens. They have a product that I use literally every day in my cup of water to keep my immune system uh, at its peak performance, as well as my gut health, and uh, to stop that anti or to promote anti aging. And with AG1, you are getting 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. So, all that good stuff to keep your body going and in a fantastic shape get you as close to a professional athlete's immune system as possible. So Athletic Greens is a climate neutral certified company. And in 2020, AG purchased carbon credits that support projects protecting old growth rainforests, which is great to hear. And every uh, for every purchase, they donate to organizations helping the nutritious, uh, helping get nutritious foods on kids in needs plates, including no kid hungry here in the United States. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That is it. No need for a million different pills, supplements, and whatever else to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And thanks, everyone, for hanging out with us um, as we lead up to this trade deadline and hope that the Flames, I, I don't know, they, I would say like, oh, yeah, they'll be buyers and I can convince myself. But at the same time, I'm gaslighting myself into thinking that they'll be buyers when in reality they need to sell, sell, sell. That is where you get into something we talked about a month and a half ago, maybe two months ago, where the intentions of the owner, the leadership, and the coaching staff aren't all necessarily aligned, where maybe for the GM and the owner, it's just get in the playoffs, sell three home games worth of tickets, four home games worth of tickets. That's great. You did your job. You got that extra bit of revenue. That's it. Just making the playoffs might be the goal for certain teams. And for certain teams, it is. The Flames have made the playoffs half of the year since they won the Stanley Cup. They've been a on-and-off type team for a while now. And I'd operate under the assumption... I'm operating under the assumption they are going to add something between now and Friday mm -hmm. at 4 o'clock. They're going to. It's just... They wouldn't... I cannot see a world in which they would sell, even though that is what I would advocate, like you were saying. There's a world in which you get a lot. You put 
Elias Lindholm out there. That's the best player available right now. If Elias yeah. Lindholm's better than Patrick Kane, he he's better than Chekrin, he's better than Pareko, Garland, Besser, OEL, whoever, that would be the best player available. You could easily get a first-round pick, an A prospect, and then either a lower-tier prospect or a mid-round pick and kickstart it. You yeah. get that from a team that's right on the fence. You get that from a team who's going to pick 18th in this draft this year, which is a very deep and very good draft. You pick 18th in this draft, that's like picking 10th in other years. You know what I mean? It, yeah. This year, this draft being as good as it is, that presents an opportunity. The Flames aren't going to do that, though. The Flames no. are not going to trade valuable pieces because they don't think they're that far away. That's the thing, and that's where you get into the, well, the coach is trying to win every single game, and he's going to tell the GM, well, I need another this, I need another that. Okay, the GM is going to say, okay, we can get some, we can do something with that, we can go get someone to fill that box for you, and they'll do that, and if they make the playoffs, they win one, two games in that first round series, get the full three home games as the road team, they're content with that based on how this season yeah. has gone. That That's just the reality of it. Some teams, the goal is not always to win the Stanley Cup. Sometimes it is just about the business of it. Yeah, no, and I, I would honestly say, you know, last year, uh, my personal goal for the Flames was to at least make it to the second round. This year, it is, you know what, if you can sit comfortably in a wild card spot and make the first round, that's fine. I don't care. That's good for how the regular season has gone this far. But, you know, I just, I, I'm very confused as to why they are so indecisive. You know, I feel like a general manager who has his vision, uh, as well as, you know, ownership and the coach, like if everyone was on the same page, this would be a very simple. I think the answer to your question is that they haven't, the players haven't played up to the level they thought they would. And that's derailed the entire plan. Yeah. I really think that's the answer. They thought they would be a lot better than they are. So they've had to dramatically alter the plans mm -hmm. for what this deadline was originally going to be. Well, they should have been working on this. I feel Correct. like well before, because yes. listen, I'm a procrastinator. I, I would be that GM faxing something in like, 15 minutes before the deadline just because that's who I am as a human being but I would also have planned to get all of everything yeah, in line the I just, NHL GMs do not do contingency very well they do no. not have they do not have multiple paths laid out and it's something I talk about all the time is if you only have one way to win and that one way to win doesn't work you're screwed you need to have multiple paths to success. The the smaller your margin for error on a consistent basis, the more complicated it is to win consistently. The Flames this year have not been able to win consistently. They have not been able to adapt what they thought the way they thought they would. And now they're in this limbo, which is the entire episode is we really don't know what they're going to do because they didn't expect to be in this situation. And there is no clear cut, oh, this guy solves this problem. The problem is not going to be solved by one single player. No, absolutely. And this is why they need um, brilliant minds in hockey instead of the same 16, well, I guess 32 minds just rotating through front offices because unlike these brains, uh, they we have multiple paths because we are overthinkers. Correct. And we know... 
okay, if plan A, we have plan A to double Z ready to go at any, at the drop of a hat for anything. So um, Calgary, if you are looking for a new general manager, not named Daryl Sutter or Brad Tree Living, um, I think Nick and I would make a great uh, front office. We would not be the worst GMs in the league, and I will stand. I will die on the hill. I would not be the worst general manager in any of the four major sports. I would do a better job than Chuck Fletcher. I yep. will die on that hill. I would do a better job than Chuck Fletcher. Yes, one hundred percent. And you know what? That's saying something because Peter Shirelli isn't a general manager anymore. So you know, I think that. You know, in this case, we could maybe work something out. Um, I don't know how y'all feel about sponsoring us to be Canadian work visas, but we're here. And um, while they might not hire us, we can um, be your Calgary Flames, uh, Lockdown Flames general managers. And uh, thank you, everyone, for hanging out with us today. Nick, you're back on Thursday. Hopefully we'll have some clarity Ahead of the trade deadline. There's going to be nobody left to be traded on Friday. So, yeah. There's like, I feel like we're crossing off every possibility here. So, the Flames have got to get it together. And if they are doing something today or tomorrow, well, you'll know where to go. Locked on Flames is your podcast for all you need to know in terms of the Flames trade deadline. And, of course, we'll be here or I'll be here on Friday for a trade deadline reaction and if anything does happen you can uh, find the show or find my true instant reaction at uh locked on nhl where they host the national show and they'll be doing a trade deadline show there as well remember to subscribe to locked on flames wherever you get your podcasts and on youtube as well and of course follow us on twitter at jess belmosto and nick zararis